He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know that God's doing great things. Well, that makes about six of you that's happy with me tonight. I said God is doing great things. Hallelujah. He's doing great things. Great things, great things. Hallelujah. John chapter 21, verse 25. If you have your Bibles, I'm glad to have my good friend, Brother Mike Oliver, here with us tonight. You never know here in just a little while. I may just decide to hand this microphone off to a midstream. I was down in Texas. And uh, the pastor there invited Spencer and Dylan to tag team on a Sunday night. It was interesting. A lot of folks had never experienced that. They, one got up and started preaching, preached a little while, started a song, handed the microphone off. The other got up, finished the message out, and had altar call. So uh, you just never know tonight what's going to transpire. We'll see what the Lord has in store. I wish some of you would lighten up just a little bit tonight. Your face might not break if you smile. It might even make you feel better. Just look at your neighbor and smile like you're up to something. I'm glad I can go to church and smile. John 21 and verse 25. Now this is the ending of the book of John. Deals with miracles, talks about all the great things that Jesus did. And this very last verse says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. The books that should be. The world itself could not contain the books that should be written if we talked about everything that God has done. I don't know about you tonight, but I, well, I grew up hearing stories and I heard testimonies of the goodness of God and the healing of God and the miracles of God. And I would hear the old timers and testimonies stand up and say, I know that I don't have enough time to tell you everything, but I'm just going to tell you part and some of them would go a little while in that testimony. Tonight, if I gave you an opportunity how many of you have a testimony of the goodness of the Lord? How many of you have a good story to tell tonight? If your book was written tonight, what would your book look like? Talking about all the things that God has done for you. By the help of the Lord tonight, this is going to be very, very different, perhaps something that I have never done in its style of message and delivery tonight. So it's going to require you working with me a little bit. 
If you act uninterested, fold your arms and sit back on me. This is not going to go very well for me. I'll go home and sit under a juniper tree the rest of the night. So please help me so my family can tolerate me in the next 24 hours. <laughs> I've got my boys all fired up. I'm going to preach for a little bit tonight my story. My story. Lord, help us tonight to think about the goodness of God. Help us, Lord, to see your goodness in our lives. Help us, God, to recognize your awesome power, your might. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this service tonight, that ministering spirits would flow. That ministering spirits would flow throughout this building. That people would leave here that walked in discouraged, would leave here encouraged. That people that walked in under the load would leave up over it tonight. Lord, that your, that your spirit and your power would build faith in this room. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Everybody has a story. Don't, don't go too far tonight. Everybody has a story. Some speak better than others. Some listen better than others. Everybody's got a story. Even those who think their life is pretty simple and doesn't amount to too much, you've got an incredible story hidden somewhere in your life. Some people are afraid of their story. They're afraid to talk about it. I, I, I like to talk about grace and mercy myself. I don't want to magnify the devil tonight, but I want to tell you that I ought to not be where I am tonight. It was but grace and mercy that brought me to where I am. We all have a story to tell, and I just want to talk to you a little bit tonight about a story, and I want to share a few stories with you tonight, and we're going to, I'm just going to, the Apostle Paul said it like this, he talked about stirring up our pure mind by way of remembrance, if I could somehow cause you to remember a few of the good things that God has done in your life, there's no way, I know a lot of testimonies have been shared with me over the last few weeks. And I wish I had time tonight to share all of those testimonies. And I don't have time to share all of those testimonies tonight. I just want to touch a few of them. And I'm just going to mention a few of them. Please don't be offended if you get left out tonight and you've shared your testimony. Uh, but I'm just going to hit the highlight of a few testimonies tonight that God has done and some powerful things that God has done. But before I get into that mode tonight of this message, I... I just want to talk a little bit about the importance of sharing our story. There are some people who have a story that remains silent, and I want to tell you you're missing a tremendous blessing in not sharing your story. You may say, I don't speak well, I don't talk well, I don't meet people well, but I want to tell you that people are interested in what your story is. I, I, I've been feeling this for a long time. God has been dealing with me about this topic for some time, and I have kicked it around and thought about many different approaches, and we may extend this and do some more things with it in the near future. But when we begin to talk about our story, there is amazing stories of where the people have come from. Uh, several years ago, we uh, did an event at the park, and we included about 50 members or so of our congregation. And we did what is called a cardboard testimony in which we asked people 
to write something that would be shocking to people about their past and where God has brought them from and where they are today. And then they brought those to us and it was amazing as people came with pieces of their story. People whom I had known for many years but was not aware of their incredible story. As they shared their story and the powerful testimony of God's deliverance, of God's mercy, of God's grace, of how God turned their life around, it was touching and moving. So much so that it moved and prepared a congregation at our city park of about 600 people that were there that day to respond. And there were more people that came forward for prayer than what we had altar workers to be able to pray for them. Some 30 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the park that day. And uh, over 30 people, I believe, was baptized in Jesus' name that day. The following Sunday morning, we had broken an all-time record crowd here. As a result of that event there, we baptized 17 more, had several more totaling 58 people that were baptized in Jesus' name and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost over the next few days and next few weeks. These are incredible stories of the church, and these incredible stories of the church make up incredible stories, are made of incredible stories of individuals whose lives have been changed and have been touched. If I walked through this congregation tonight and just tapped people on the shoulder and talked about your story of where you have come from, it would be shocking to many of you who think that we've all uh, grown up with a silver spoon in our mouth and never had any heartache and never had any trouble. But tonight I want to tell you that we all have been through hardship. We've all been through struggle and we've all got things that we don't want anybody to know about us. But grace and mercy found us. And grace and mercy has turned our lives around. And it has done wondrous things in our lives. But I want to tell you that your testimony amounts to nothing if you refuse to share it. You've got to start sharing your testimony. I want to tell you tonight that the greatest tool that you have to reach your world, the people that you live around, work around, do life with, or are related to, is your testimony. Your greatest tool is your testimony. It's not your talent. It's not your abilities. It's not your money. It's not your education, but it's your testimony. Your testimony has the ability to cause people to respond and to believe that you had never believed before. One missionary was asked who works in a Muslim country, what is it that changes people's lives the most? People that come from Muslim faiths and other faiths that know nothing about Christianity, know nothing about the Bible, don't know anything about Jesus. And what little bit that they've heard is all false. And of course, these people are very difficult to reach. And that missionary was asked, what is it that takes? What does it take to turn that person to believing in the Lord? They said it takes the miraculous. When miracles happen and lives are changed because of those miracles, when they see a miracle with their own eyes, when they see somebody who was sick that God healed and got well, When they see somebody's life completely changed, they can't argue with it and they recognize that that is undoubtedly the power of God. That moves them and touches them and calls them to repentance. I believe the greatest testimony in America today may be miracle signs and wonders, but I believe equal to that testimony of miracle signs and wonders is the testimony of what God has done in your personal life. 
I believe if we would start sharing our story with others and we would stop being so proud and so, and so worried. Some people are worried that somebody else is going to tell their story. And then there's others that are afraid that you know, they don't want somebody to beat them to telling their story. So they say, don't tell anybody so they can tell everybody. And then there are those who want to be private and don't want to share their testimony. But I want, to, I want to remind you tonight that your testimony of the goodness of God in your life will affect your world. I dare you to walk into your place of business, your school, your employment tomorrow, and you just walk in and start smiling, and somebody says, man, you look happy today. You ought to say, man, you ought to know what has happened in my life. Wow, did you have a good weekend? You don't have any idea. Let me tell you about what God has done in my life. And you begin to share with them the goodness of God. You begin to talk about the blessings of God. You begin to talk about the miracles that God has done in your life, how God has changed you. You're going to see people start looking at you, and, and some's going to walk away. But I promise you, you will have a greater impact by sharing your testimony than by walking in tomorrow acting grumpy and remaining silent. I dare you to put it to the test tomorrow. When you walk into work, just find somebody, smile at them, and start telling them about the goodness of the Lord. I know we have guests with us tonight. I hope you enjoy what we're going to do tonight because we're going to share a few testimonies here in a few moments about some things that God has done. If you haven't been connected to this church, it may not have the power and impact in your life that it may have in ours, but I want to tell you that God has been doing some marvelous things among this congregation of people that are here. Why is it that we're so encouraged and how is it that we overcome and how is it that we're able to live an overcoming life? I want to help somebody tonight to know this much. The thing that the devil cannot stand is when you remind him of the goodness of God in your life. Somebody said, I've already heard that story. I've already heard that message. I've already heard you talk about that. You know what? Sometimes I'm just going to do it all over again just so the devil can hear about the goodness of the Lord. I want every young person here to be able to quote the stories of the miracles that have happened in this church. I want them to be able to quote their pastor verbatim about the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and the goodness of God because I don't ever want them to forget that we serve serve a God that's able to do anything. Book of Revelation, things are coming together. The, the world is coming to an end and all the things are, uh, the, the world is, is all shaping up. And, 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 and I know this is all spoken in prophetic, but in Revelation 12 and 11, the Bible said, and they overcame him. And then it gave us a little insight into how they overcame. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. We celebrate the blood of the lamb here. Aren't you glad for the redemptive work of Calvary? Aren't you glad for the cross? Aren't you glad for the power in the blood? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's why your testimony is so important. That's why you speaking words of the testimony. Don't let somebody else tell your story. You need to tell your story. You need to make it your story. 
You need to make it your story. There's some awesome things that's been happening around the church. You need to make it your story. You need to tell the world about your story, what God has done in your life. I know where God's brought some of you from. You need to let the world know. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You can't tell it like I can what the Lord has done for me. Don't ask me to be silent. Don't ask me to stand still. But let me talk about the power and the goodness of God in my life. There is overcoming power in your testimony. You, you don't know my story like I know my story. You can't tell the details of my life like I can. And some people, I've had people tell me before when they, uh, they get a little frustrated with some of my details. But it's okay. But see, if you miss some of the details... You miss some of the important nuances of my story. Because if you don't understand, you just look over the highlight, you're just going to see a man that was raised up in a, a kid that was raised up in a pastor's home that never, you know, never lived out deep in the world, never got involved in, in too much uh, illegal activity. Married a wonderful lady. One of my friends the other day said she was a 12. He's a smart man. Pastors a great church, has three great kids. Probably never had any struggle. Probably don't know much about heartache. If I began to share the nuances of my story with you tonight, it would cause some of you to start to weep. Because I know my story includes some details that the surface would cause to go invisible. And it would keep God from receiving the glory and the praise for me to be where I am today. Because I don't deserve to be where I am today. And it wasn't by my own merit that I am where I am today. It was the grace and mercy of God, the blessings of God, the goodness of God. I'm glad he didn't give up on me when I was giving up on him. But if I was to tell my story, I don't have enough time to share with you all the details of my story. I could go for weeks and weeks and weeks. I could write books and books about all of the details of my story. I'm sure your story would look something different, but it could also go on and on and on when you begin to think about what God has done in your life. Sometimes we look at the Bible and we think, man, I would like to live in the Bible days. Gentry shared a little piece of information with me. I give him credit for it tonight because I want to share with you just a couple of things that he shared with me in Acts chapter 2 through Acts chapter 5. It took approximately four to five years for that passage of Scripture to be able to live out. Acts 2 to Acts 5 was lived out in four to five years. In Acts chapter 2... There was about 3,000 added to the church and 120 added to the church. Perhaps in one day, 3,120 people added to the church in one day. 
In chapter 3, there were, there were a lame man that, that got up and walked. In Acts chapter 4, there was 5,000 that received the Holy Ghost in one day. In Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira die because they li- lied to the Holy Ghost. All of those things happened over a course of about two to five years. But in the month of February, in one Sunday service, At a conference in Bangladesh, 3,000 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one service. In the month of February, that Wednesday after 3,000 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there was a man that was brought to the meeting. He was paralyzed from his neck down. The ministry came and laid hands on him. He got up from his paralytic condition. And he began to run in front of 20,000 people that was gathered in that arena in Thailand. The following Sunday in the Philippines, 5,000 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the general conference because of the times In the Philippines, 5,000. On the same day that 5,000 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there was a man that brought his Bible into his pastor's office, ripped his Bible, cursed his pastor, and turned and walked out the door and fell dead outside the pastor's office. It took four to five years for the book of Acts, chapters 2 through 5, to be lived out. All of those things happened in the month of February, 2016. Some incredible things have been happening. Sister Shauna has a video queued up and ready to go here in just a moment, but let me give you a little bit of the backstory before she plays this video. Last week... I received contact by Brother Mark Barrick. Some of you know Brother Barrick. Brother Barrick is an Indiana native pastors in um, that, oh, what's that little town down there that's got that little roller coaster place, uh, Orlando. (laughs) Brother Barrick suffering down there in Orlando. And he's in his little church down there in Orlando trying to have revival. And God is pouring out his spirit. Great things are happening. My wife and I were with him a couple of years ago, and great things are happening. But I want to tell you what has happened in the Florida district. Last week, the Florida district had a men's conference, and they wanted to focus on revival and outpouring. So they challenged all of the churches to bring men to the men's conference that did not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. While they normally have a traditional men's conference, they had a Holy Ghost crusade for their men's conference. So there in Florida, they gathered together. Brother Barrick took a group from his church. There were pastors from all over the state of Florida that brought brought men into this conference. The Holy Ghost was poured out. Brother Josh Herring preached. I think some of you may know who he is. He preached, gave a word of faith. The Holy Ghost fell in the house. 
101 men were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in a men's conference in Florida last week. Somebody ought to give God praise for the revival that is sweeping through our country. These are not, these are not, this is not across the seas. These are people that we know that are involved. Brother Barrick had a man from his church. He was a man he knew that needed to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He had a religious background. He's going to share just a moment of his story. I want you to listen very closely. Hopefully you'll be able to see and hear and catch the jest of what is going on in this, in this testimony of the one of the 201 in Brother Barrick's church. I just, um, as you asked when you shared a little testimony that happened to me at the men's conference, um, you might probably won't know this, but uh, so I was, I was baptized when I was 12. I had a huge experience with God when I was about 18 years old, smelt on the floor and just such a powerful experience with God. And then I've been preaching for about 13 years at a, in an apostolic group, uh, an associate pastor, an apostolic group that... Uh, believes in the Holy Ghost, but didn't believe in the, mat- in the, in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Mm. So I, I had preached about the Holy Ghost, and I, as I was sitting there thinking about it, I thought, I have preached like like, like the apostles did, talking about a, a Jesus that they knew, but they didn't have living inside of them. You know, I had preached about a Jesus like the apostles, and he told the apostles, go out, preach, and heal the sick. And he sent them two by two. I had preached that way. But I had I, I went to the altar and um Brother Miguel who goes, You know, you've been filled. I said, Yeah, as far as I know, I had been filled. And I said, But it's been a long time. And he goes, But tonight's gonna be a night for you. And so I, I stood up in the altar and the brother followed the directions that he said, and he said, Scream hallelujah. And I remember him saying, You're gonna start screaming hallelujah, and then next thing you know. That may be the last thing you say in English. And I started shouting hallelujah because I was expecting something here. I started shouting hallelujah, shouting hallelujah. And all of a sudden, the doubt crept in my head, and I said, maybe nothing's going to happen. And I said, I rebuke that. I started shouting even more hallelujah. And then Brother Miguel put his hands on me, and something happened to me. You know, I, I had looked at it from the outside and said, man, some of these people, it sounds like nonsense. And that's just me telling you honestly. But when something hit me, it was like lightning. It changed everything about me. I spent the next 15, 20 minutes where I literally couldn't speak English. At one point, I was praying to God, and I said, God, I hope I can speak English again because this is scary. That's an incredible story. Just one story out of 201 
that received the Holy Ghost. He said, Brother Barrick sent that to me Monday. And I said, do you mind if I share it to the church Sunday? And of course, I sent it to Brother Harry, and he hadn't seen it. And I said, I just want you to hear that, hear this story. And I told him what I was going to preach tonight. He said, thank you, I am too. <laughs> Some incredible stories of what God has done. I, I want to take a moment to share a few stories with you. You, you hear bits and pieces of these stories, but I want Brother Jason and Sister Day, so if you don't mind coming forward here, you can bring your kids with you or they can stay there, whichever they're comfortable with. I just want you to come here to the front with me just for a moment because I just want to share a little bit of this story. We, we've all been praying for Brother Jason and Sister Dayson. This is, this is one of the finest. Uh, this is one of CLC's finest right here. I guarantee you that. This, is, this, is, this couple right here, I, I could stand here all night to share with you their story and to talk to you about the things they've been through. And, of course, we're praying that the Lord gives Jason a kidney transplant. We're believing that it's going to happen. Either he's going to perform the miracle in his body or there's going to be a donor that's going to come forward. It's going to happen. I thank those of you. There's been several here in the congregation that have that have come to me and they've gone forward and said, Pastor, I, I feel like doing this. There's been different ones, and, and I appreciate that so very much. I know just a, just a couple weeks ago, Brother Kevin Spangler had gone forward. Folks, this is nothing light. When people are they're risking their own health, they're putting things on the line, putting their life on hold for somebody else. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life. Set aside his life for a friend. What an incredible testimony. We're praying and believing. I believe God could just do the miracle tonight. He could just perform it. God can move on somebody's heart tonight. Somebody could hear the podcast of this message, and we don't even know. Go forward and be a match for you. Who knows what God has and what God is going to do. But if I told you their story, it's one of the most incredible stories that I suppose I've ever told um, Jason and Jason, Jason was needing a kidney transplant. He's already had one kidney transplant about 10 years or so ago. And uh, Sister Dasa, she had rheumatoid arthritis, and um, she was on some very strong medications. And it is okay for me to, to do this. Good. you got to tell me no in front of the whole church. <laughs> I asked them ahead of time. Don't get offended. This couple, they wanted children, and so... We were doing our first capital stewardship campaign, and I'd told the church to give whatever the Lord spoke. They had come and talked to us. They were saving money for an adoption. And um, I had no idea to the night of sacrificial offering that came in. Brother Danny Lytle came to me, and he said, Bro, did you hear the story of Jason and Dasa, and I said no, and he said, Jason said he knew how Abraham must have felt when he sacrificed his son. I said, what in the world are you talking about? And he said, they took all of the money that they had set aside for adoption, and they put it in the offering tonight. And I knew that that wasn't um, what I had wanted, and so I took the check, and I folded the check and put it in my pocket, and I went over to their home, and I told Brother Jason, Sister Dasa, I appreciated what they had done, but being the wise pastor that I am, it's a time for you to s snicker a little bit, all right? 
The Lord never required Abraham to give up his son, and I was prepared to hand them the check back, tell them God was going to provide for the church. Brother Jason took my hand and pushed it back toward my chest. He said, Pastor, you told me to do whatever the Lord said to do. I got in my car. I don't know that I've ever shared this testimony in detail with them. I got in my car and started driving to my house. Tears were flowing. I'm driving back to my house. And I said, God, if you have ever performed a miracle, you've got to perform a miracle. This young couple want children. Got to perform a miracle. It was only three or four weeks after that, standing right here, right, right about here, when a, a pastor now, Brother McCoslin, was evangelizing, was here that night, and the Lord spoke to me and said, receive a special offering. I said, wrong number, Jesus. We just received a special offering three weeks ago. People gave and gave and gave. There's no way I can receive a special offering. And the Lord just kept saying, receive a special offering. I walked to the pulpit, and I kind of probably sounded something like this for the 80 or 100 people that might have been here. I, 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 I said, I, I'm going to have the usher set the offering plate over here, and if you want to give, you know, God bless you. People started coming forward, and Brother McCoslin came over to where I'm at, and he said, count the money. I'm the pastor, you're the evangelist, you're bossing me around. Count the money. Counted the money and I was floored and he was shocked. $1,200 had come in just on a Sunday night. He said, can I respond? I said, you've already preached, but sure. He walked to the pulpit and he said a few things. He said, in this kind of environment, miracles happen. He, he didn't know Sister Dace at that time by name. He just said, you little lady sitting right back over here, right about where Sister Jen, Sister Ferris sitting, somewhere right in there. Am I correct on that? I, I remember this pretty good. He said, I want you to come forward. He said, the body's going to heal itself tonight. He called three people to come forward. Sister Cheryl was one of them. I think it was the last time I saw her dance all over the front of this house. We're going to have to, God's going to have to perform a resurrection around here again. They prayed. They all ended up falling out here in the front. And I took Brother McCoslin to the fine eating establishment here in town called Applebee's, one of the higher end restaurants <laughs> here in Frankfurt. <clears throat> we were eating, and the phone rang through, and I handed, I saw it was from Sister Dasa. I handed the phone over to my wife. She answered the phone. Sister Dasa was crying on the phone, and she's telling my wife, she said, Sister Jordan, I'm healed. I'm healed. 
My wife just handed me the phone. I'm sitting there and I said, hello, Sister Daisy could hardly speak. She said, I'm healed. While I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm healed. She said, my, the swelling is going down in my joints while I'm sitting here. I just put my wedding ring on, she said, for the first time. I'm sitting there. I'm like, praise God, she's healed. This is wonderful. Three weeks, about three or four weeks later, Brother Jason received a kidney. The doctor said it takes about 24 hours before the kidney uh, actually takes and makes a connection. And... Uh, I think that the kidney began functioning before he ever got out of recovery. And it wasn't but just a few months after that till they come walking in with a big smile on their face. And they said, we're having a child. And I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> a few months after that, they came back in again and said, we're having another child. <laughs> a few months after that, Brother Jason walked in my office. He said, I want all of my campaign money back. We're expecting again. And I said, you want us to pray that God, you know, reverses all this? God's blessed them with three wonderful children because they listened to the voice of God and they waited on the Lord. They waited on the Lord. We get ahead of God. We step out in front of God. We want to tell God how it needs to be done. They need a miracle in their life right now. Many of you were not aware. I was just made aware. I had no earthly idea. We are going through a capital campaign. And again, medical bills piling up. I had no earthly idea of what was transpiring in their life. But they had received the information that they were losing their medical insurance. And if they lose their medical insurance, who's going to take a man that needs a kidney transplant without an exclusion? The doctors will not perform, no matter how much money that we GoFundMe account raise. The doctors don't even want to enter without having insurance coverage. And so this was going to exclude him from being able to even be eligible for a kidney transplant who desperately is in need of a kidney transplant. Their vehicle was broken. It was kind of like my wife's on its last leg. I saw some poor soul driving that tonight. I was driving to church. I followed them. And I prayed for them as I was driving here. <laughs> they got to their destination. <laughs> they went. They've been good stewards of their money. They don't like Dave Ramsey very well because he ruined their credit. They got rid of credit cards, got rid of credit, been trying to do well, make sure that they're covered and taken care of. They went to get a car, interest rates, so high, 14% interest rates that they wanted, 18% interest rates that they wanted to charge them to get a vehicle. Faithful people. So you know what they did? They just waited on the Lord. 
They just waited on the Lord. They got a phone call. Went in, met with a salesman, and they not only got a good rate, they got a great rate and the vehicle that they wanted. It just, I don't have the time to tell you. I think the story here that I just want to share with you out of their life the thing that I keep seeing over and over again, the common theme here is that they, God has truly taught them to wait. We wanted this kidney transplant to happen a year or two ago. And here you are waiting. Here you are waiting. Have you ever been at a point in your life when you wanted God to do it now? You wanted God to do it now, but God keeps saying, just, just wait. I heard a song here a while back. Hope this just ministers to somebody here just for a moment tonight. Just stay where you are. It goes something like this. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting on the Lord. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting. But this is not one of those old songs. This is one of these new songs. It's got a lot of words to it. All right, so here's the words. I want you to sing this with me. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting. Don't let these words get you. Don't mind waiting on the Lord. Don't mind waiting, don't mind waiting, don't mind waiting on the Lord. Come on, sing it with me now. I don't mind waiting, don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting on the Lord. How many of you know good things come to those that wait? Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting on the Lord. Come on, one more time. I don't mind waiting, don't mind waiting, I don't mind waiting on the Lord, hey, don't find, don't mind waiting, oh, I don't mind 
don't mind waiting on on the Lord. Come on, somebody give him praise. So they don't have insurance. And they need a miracle because Brother Jason needs a kidney transplant. I fretted. I worried. I prayed. Two or three weeks ago, when I first heard about this, my wife was up late. I spent most of the night right here. This song just playing over and over and over again. As I was saying, God, would you come through? God, would you come through? Left for Texas. My wife threw up both hands in the car. Thank you, Jesus. Bless him, sister. She said, Jason and Dasa just found an insurance company. Matter of fact, not some off branch, side winding, hopeful insurance company. But I believe it was a Blue Cross Blue Shield policy. <laughs> Said, we'll take you. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting on you, Lord. Help me say, say I don't mind waiting. Don't mind waiting, don't mind waiting on your Lord. Do you know what I'm believing? I believe their story's not done yet. There's still some story to be written. Because I believe in the near future that God is going to write the next script in that story that says, here was my plan all along, Sister Dasa. Here was my plan all along, Brother Jason. That there's going to be a kidney that I got planned. All in, his, all in His will, all in His perfect plan. Throw your hands in the air right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. got to stop right here in the middle of this because I didn't even know this. <laughs> Sit down just for a minute because everybody's got everybody's to see Brother Jason. <laughs> also, the uh, National Kidney Foundation called me and said they're going to pay for all the premiums. I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> Somebody ought to get on their feet and give God praise. Give Him praise in the house. Give Him praise in the house. Yes! 
another miracle that God has done. On you, Lord. Be seated for a moment, Sister Robin. Brother Mick, would you come up here to the front just for a minute? <laughs> I can't tell this story. If this is your first time here, I want to introduce you to, uh, well, let's just say a miracle. (laughs) Let's just say a miracle. Because February the... January, January 31st, right here, matter of fact, she was praying with Brother Jason right here, she had just finished praying for Brother Anderson right over here, who got a real touch from the Lord, and came over here and was praying for Brother Jason, Brother Mick always said there was something loose, some kind of screw loose or something. The doctors could only explain it that there was an electrical malfunction in the heart. And her heart went out of sync. And down she went into the floor. And there she laid lifeless for over 20 minutes. Now, Just for verification purposes, we have several EMTs and RNs here that all can verify the things that I'm saying tonight. But at 20 minutes, survival chances are zero. And if there may be survival, she's supposed to have all sorts of Brain damage, organ damage. (laughs) They rolled her out of here. This church went to God in prayer. Don't ever get used to this story. If you were here, you witnessed the dead brought back to life. But somewhere between that hospital and the Indianapolis hospital, what was it, about a 14, 15-minute flight down there, Brother Mick? In that helicopter between here and there, God fixed something. And by the time she got down there, The doctor said, we just got to get her out from under this medication. She's trying to pull all these tubes out. We got to let her wake up. I'm not finding any reason to even go any further with testing. I think she's all right. I left out a whole lot of their story. 
because I don't be seated. I don't have time to tell all their story. But I left out a whole lot of their story. We could talk so we could talk a while about their story, but I just want you to I'm just hitting the highlights. Brother Mick owns a drywall company, one of the hardest working people you'll ever meet in your life. Does excellent work, hard working man. But none of us got the money to pay the kind of bills that that, that kind of situation happened. Over $100,000. Almost $200,000. <laughs> that was the second incident because there was a heart attack about eight months earlier that had another massive $200,000. And they had already forgiven that 200000 Now this happens. And we were all pretty certain that wasn't going to happen again. But they didn't even have to check very long because it was only just a week or two before they came back and said, we're just going to go ahead and forgive this debt too. Don't worry about it. That's just a little bit of their story. Her testimony has spread all over this country. Preachers and pastors have called me, asked for details, shared her story. I have received reports of people from all over the country that have shared that story. Now, that happened on a Sunday morning, but on Saturday night there was a prayer meeting here. She, Sister Robin came forward right up here. I walked over, took her by both hands with my two hands, and she said, I want you to pray that God uses my testimony to reach people. We didn't even know what we were praying for. But since that testimony has been going out, people have been telling. Pastors have been telling this story. Evangelists have been telling this story. Saying it's just a, a church in Frankfurt, Indiana with a, just, you know, it, this doesn't just happen. This is supposed to be in some high-profile place somewhere. And people are hearing the story and coming to the Lord. Literally, Sister Robin, hundreds and thousands of people are coming to the Lord as a result of your testimony. Somebody ought to give God praise. Thank you. We'll make a way. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. I know the Lord. We'll make a way. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. If you'll trust him. And you'll not doubt, oh, I'm sure he will bring you out. I know the Lord will make a way for you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Come on, sing with me. I know the Lord will. Make a way. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. 
to do but I'm not going any further because the Holy Ghost is about to fall in this house right now there's some folks that's about to give up faith there's some folks that's let things blind your vision get in your way if you would respond right now God would turn your story around and your defeat could turn into a testimony Come on, it's up to you. But I got faith enough tonight. I got faith enough to believe that whatever your problem is, that God's got the answer. I got faith enough to believe that God will turn it around for you tonight. If I was you, I would leave here like you came. But I'd let this song get down in my spirit. I know the Lord. Will make a way. Yes, He will. Oh, yes, He will. I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, He will. Oh, yes, He will. If you'll trust Him. And you'll not doubt I got the faith He will bring you out I know the Lord Will make a way He'll make a way For you Yes, He will Yes, He will Come on, I wouldn't wait any longer tonight But if you need a miracle if you need a life-changing moment, I would go ahead and respond to what God is speaking into your spirit tonight. Say, I know the Lord will make a way for you. Oh, yes, He will. Oh, if you'll trust Him. If you'll trust Him. And never doubt. He will surely bring you out. I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, He will. Some of you elders in the church need to be real sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you need to step over to somebody and lay hands on them and speak a word of faith over somebody and let God work through you tonight. 
He will surely, surely bring, bring you out. I know the Lord. He'll make a way. Yes, he will. Go ahead. Why don't you go after it tonight? It's time for your story to change. It's time for your story to make a 360. Yes. I know the Lord. Know the Lord. Will make a way. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, if you trust, trust him, him, never doubt. He will surely, he will surely bring you out. I know the I Lord, know the Lord. will make a way. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. I, I know the Lord. I know the Lord. Will make a way. Will make a way. Yes, he will.
yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, 